the same man tried to hit me at 26 and you know thank god for technology it whipped out that phone and now coming to you from the k2 studios in san diego california it's the world famous chris and christine show Hey, what's happening, everybody? How are you guys doing today? I am Chris. And I'm Christine, and welcome to episode 56 of the Chris and Christine Show. Do-do-do-do. And that brings up a good old fantastic, and my goodness, it's hot in here. Yes, it is definitely hot in the studio today, and why would that be, Chris? Well, our air conditioning unit happens to be missing from the house. Yes, completely removed. They took it out, what day, like last week sometime? Oh like three days ago i think there's a hole where the air conditioning was and where the water here used to be it's a big empty space where they cut the drywall out to the studs and they cut all that out you just see framework and it's just an empty hole and uh, but we did have some good news about the water heater last week right christine Yes, ish. But before you get to the good news, I think it's important to let everybody know that we are not living in our house right now. Dun, dun, dun. Well, we are hotel living right now. It is hotel living. with Now, no, is it a hotel or a motel where we're staying? No, it is actually it's a, an inn. It's a resort. We're we <laughs> no. staying in a fabulous resort. Although, because of COVID, um, the pool is shut down. The uh, room service is shut down. The meal whole, service in general, like the downstairs meal service and the fitness center is shut down. And that cool lounge bar they have, that's shut down. Oh, and the maid service only comes once a week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's more like an apartment. It is. Actually, it's pretty spacious. It's like 750 square feet, two bedrooms, plus a living room, plus a kitchen. And, you know, we are making the most of it, but we did venture back home in the peak of the heat of day just to bring this fantastic episode to you all. Yeah, you owe us big time for this one because (laughs) it is hot in this house. There's no air conditioning. We're upstairs where it's extra hot, where the heat rises. And I thought it was just hot because you were here. That too. (laughs) You know, I walk in the room and it just melts everything. Yes, you melt my heart. That's true. Yeah. Hey, ladies, what's happening? (laughs) So, but anyways, we're back in the house here and we are doing the podcast this weekend. It happens to be Saturday and it did drop down in temperature a little bit. It's like in the 90s. Which uh, instead of the hundreds, yeah, it's like mid mid nineties or something today. But uh, in other important news, Chris, before you talked more about the house stuff, tomorrow when this episode goes live on Sunday is the twentieth of September, and do you know what that marks? I I have no idea. The two month countdown to wedding day. Uh, I, you know, I should have known better. I should have known it <laughs> had something to do with wedding stuff. Yes, wedding stuff. We're like getting down to like. The real countdown. It's the final countdown. Well, there you go. Well, well, now I'm kind of like thinking maybe we need to hurry up and get this house back together before we have the reception here. because That is true. Because we're having the reception here at the house and in the backyard and all that stuff. But the house is literally like a job site. It is. You know, contractor is starting Monday. Like Chris said, the HVAC, the whole central eating, heating and air system, like the units were removed and... The insurance is going to have their people come out because there's some problems with the ductwork. So it's a little bit... Wait, uh, what's wrong with the ductwork? Well, they're saying that it doesn't have enough CFMs to... What's a CFM? It's like... I think it's like the... I don't know what it actually stands for, but it's the volume of air that's blown into the system. It has to have a certain dimension to be able to 
get to the upstairs because you know how the upstairs is always hot. Right, but there is an extra vent. There's a vent right there you can see. Right, but the size of the vent doesn't – like the size of the duct from downstairs from the unit, what they were explaining to me is that it's like – it's th- if you think of like um, water pipes, like if you're going to have like a big water fountain in your backyard, you're going to need a big enough pipe going into it to bring out the right amount of water. It's the same thing for the house. It's like to pump more air in because you're getting a bigger unit, you have to have more ducting. And apparently the initial unit that was put into the house when the house was built, the duct work wasn't actually the right size to match with that unit. It's always something around here. It's always some problem or another. So, but but we do have some good news, slightly, is that last week, what day was it on to, when they did the uh, thing? Uh, the water heater was installed on Thursday and Wednesday. So, Wednesday, they did the plumbing fixes, and Thursday, they installed the water heater. Right. So we didn't go with a traditional water heater. We didn't. We went with the fancy smancy uh, tankless water heater, which happens to sit on the outside of the house with new piping and plumbing and knobs and nozzles and warning labels and all kinds of stuff on the outside. I was just looking at it. and It's w- fancy. What the tankless water heater does, which I didn't really understand this, is when water passes through the system, because there's no tank, water will run through the system and as it runs through the system, activates like this burner, like super hot furnace or something inside it or electrodes or something. And it gets super, super hot, and it heats the water to, like, boiling as it passes through it. Mm-hmm. And then by the time it gets to the faucet, it's hot. And what that means is that it's not like an old tank water heater where you run out of hot water. That You never run out of hot water. And, like, the guy was saying, if you wanted to, not that we ever would, but you could leave the faucet on and, like, go to the beach all day long and come back, and it would still be running hot water for you all day long. And so right. it's uh, also more energy efficient because on a regular tanked water heater the gas is running to keep that water consistently hot whereas a tankless the gas only fires up to uh, meet the need at that time when you turn on a faucet so it takes the same amount of time to get hot water i don't know i just tried it a minute ago it seemed like it took forever to get the hot water up well, here but it was our first time up here in this room and it didn't smell weird too you know the piping when they do new piping in the house it always has a weird uh, metallic smell to the water when oh. it, you have to run it through there. And they, it's a good thing that we drink bottled water here. Right, right. But the, when I got the piping done a while ago um, for the hot water leak, we had, gosh, like it was last year, the guy told me that, yeah, you run the water for a bit and it will smell a little weird at first because I think it has that when they when they do the piping and they actually um, weld or whatever. That, oh, right, or, yeah. Um, they have that uh, that smelly, burning smell, whatever, into to the pipes. Yeah, and it they, set off the fire alarm at home. What? Oh, yeah. this, oh, really? Yeah, because they were doing like the soldering. Soldering, that's right. Soldering, yeah. yeah, not welding. Soldering, yeah. Soldering of the metal, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Well, that's up and that's running. And right now we got to have the guys do the air conditioning as the next project and then put everything back together. And then maybe sometime in the near future do the flooring downstairs. Yeah, we're going to do that. We decided to wait until after the wedding. It's just becoming too stressful. I mean, if you all have been following us for a bit, you know, we had that major upstairs flood. And then now we have the downstairs flood with the garage and everything's a bit of chaos. And then we were facing a potential five to six week minimum timeline for all of the downstairs flooring where we'd have to move out of the downstairs. And Chris and I just decided like the insurance already gave us the allocation. We're going to wait until after the wedding and getting settled. And then uh, my dad, the wonderful, amazing contractor that he is, has offered to come down and support us with the demo of the old flooring and the install of whatever we choose what no way that's awesome yeah it's really so like a super kind. good like, like a uh, family discount or what <laughs> he will install it for us for the cost of materials and then we just need to give him we need to assist him 
Oh, okay, cool. So we had to do shopping for the materials, I guess. Uh, no, we've got to assist with the actual demo and the installation. It's going to be a family bonding am I moment. Am I going to have to take vacation to do this? Oh, we'll figure it out. You know, we'll figure it all out. Well, if we do it during the uh, winter time, like January, February, it's probably a lot cooler, so it wouldn't be yeah. so hot. Can you imagine you floor any any construction job right now is super hot, so it's going to be miserable. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So we're very excited about that. And, you know, this has been a very unfortunate turn of events. And I think that today's guest is going to be able to speak to that a bit, how she was able to take a really unfortunate series of events and capitalize on it to create an entirely new business venture, right, Chris? Really? A new business venture? Yep. Coming from disaster? Well, yep. Coming out of disaster and out of, I would say, quarantine and into success. And so we're going to hear from her right after this. Hey there, K2 crew. We love having you as our loyal listeners. To keep up to date with what's happening behind the scenes, check us out on social media. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. And don't forget to follow our Facebook page. Yeah, tag us in your favorite fun stories. And guess what? You might just end up on the show. Once every harvest moon, a talk show comes along that is so groundbreaking, raising the bar to such heights that other podcasts step back and say, wow, that show's got it figured out. With a host tempered in focus, commitment, and sheer will, this is The Derek Duvall Show. Pop culture, news, and interviews with fascinating people that channel the great Edward R. Murrow and Walter Cronkite. The Derek Duvall Show. Find him on Twitter and Instagram at Derek Duvall Show and find his new episodes every Wednesday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Podchaser. The Derek Duvall Show. The best thing to happen to hump days since the Geico Camel. What, what? Today we have a special VIP guest on the show. She is an entrepreneur, influencer, and CEO of one of San Diego's hottest new companies. Welcome to the show, Victoria Rose. So happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Honored. We well, are Welcome to the show, Victoria. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I woke up on the right side of the bed, completing all of my daily goals yesterday and ready to just crush today as well. <laughs> and it's Friday. So what a better That's day right. to, to crush stuff than on a Friday. <laughs> yeah. TGIF. So where in the world are you joining us from today? I am joining you from the my living room in sunny San Diego, which is one of the best parts about my business, which I know we'll get into, but being able to work from home. You know, a lot of people are working from home. Christine is working from home. I wish I could work from home, but I can't, but uh, kudos to you. Thank you. We'll get you there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now you mentioned working from home. Um, we know that San Diego is a pretty expensive area to live in. Do you mm. rent? Do you own? What's your sitch? Um, so I'm actually a homeowner. I'm actually, I've been in my place for what, a year and going on nine months now. So new homeowner, first time buyer. Wow. Congratulations. Uh, Cong- thank that, you. That's amazing. Yeah, I set a goal for myself. I said in my 30th year, I want to be a homeowner and I did it. So I I found a little fixer upper condo and gutted it and remodeled it. And now it's my my glam cave. Oh, I like wait, that. Wait, wait, wait. You said a glam cave? Is that <laughs> glam like a man cave. cave? Okay, it's like a man cave, but for chicks, right? 
why does it always have to be a man cave? No, it's a glam cave. It doesn't have to be like a man cave. It is for it's my girl, my girl spot, my girl zone. Well, that's fantastic. I like that. <laughs> it's kind of like the the version of like the she shed that I heard. She like shed, for, yeah. yeah, but but a whole house. But kudos to you for purchasing Thank your you. home. I know Chris and I have talked before about how what it actually takes to be able to purchase your own home in San Diego as a single person because he went through that journey. What was that like Mm -hmm. for you? Um, I'll be honest with you. It took a long time. I mean, I started looking in January 2018 and I didn't actually end up closing until January 2019. So an an entire year it took in order for this to uh, finish. Why why was that? Yeah, the reason being is because I... (laughs) I'm somebody who knows what I want. I am like every person's best customer, I guess, in a way, because I take the creativity out of it. You don't need to think for me. I think for myself. I tell you exactly what I want and how I want it. But it's kind of like a gift and a curse because if I don't find exactly what I want, I won't go for it. So I knew I wanted something price low. I knew I wanted something that was needed to be a complete and total gut job because I knew that I wanted to make it exactly what I wanted to my liking. And you know, it's expensive in San Diego. So I needed to find something low enough that would allow me the budget to do the renovations I wanted. Right. Now, um, when you first got started, was it was it being very difficult? Was like, was the market kind of like uh, hard to find places that you re- you really really wanted to find? And that uh, so the whole process took you said took a year. Was that just a searching for the thing, or is that just cleaning it was it? searching? It was searching. Yeah. So the actual renovation itself, it was only supposed to be about a month, but. You know, when you hire family as your contractors, they don't tend to prioritize your project. <laughs> They're the best. So, <laughs> so uh, it went a little longer than that. It was closer to like two and a half months for the reno because um, my, my condo is small. I mean, 663 square feet. But, you know, they say when buying, location is everything. So that, that's part of it, too. So, you know, I wouldn't say I'm living in the greatest area, but I did that on purpose. You know, I, I, I come from Jersey originally. I'm a born and raised Jersey girl. I've been here. It'll be five years next month. Um, and so I know what rough areas are and I can guarantee and promise you that there is no real hood in San Diego, even (laughs) though I know many people will argue with me on this, but I've lived in the hood. Okay. Oh, wow. In the area that I live now, it's, it's mid gentrification. It's right outside of North park. So it's in an area that I think five years down the line, my investment will be worth, you know, maybe five times what I paid for it. And I did that very intentionally knowing that my first property I'm buying is an investment property. That's awesome. Now you mentioned that you were a Jersey girl. So Uh I don't hear like the stereotypical Jersey accent. Did you ever have that? Ask me to say coffee. <laughs> coffee? Coffee. It, it comes out on certain words. So, uh, or when I'm really mad from what I'm told, that's what it comes out. But um, I mean, I grew up in central Jersey. So this, the state is separated into three different areas. Very small state. But this is how you're categorized and defined based on where you live. You're either from North New Jersey, Central New Jersey, or South Jersey. And based on where you live might be, you know, whether or not you call 
a sub or a hoagie or a pork roll or Taylor ham. Like it's funny because the state is very segregated, very divided. Um, I grew up mainly in central Jersey. I lived all over. Um, I had a, a, a rough childhood and moved around a lot. Um, but then after I went to college, so I went to college in Seton Hall and that is in North Jersey. And I stayed out that way after I graduated and I worked all the jobs I had pretty much were, were, um, North Jersey, like close to the city to New York. Well, I, I got a really, really important, uh, question about, uh, New Jersey uh-huh. and that, and that is how do you feel about Jersey Mike's? Jersey really? Mike's. Oh <laughs> man. So this is the thing, right? I would never have a Jersey Mike sub if I lived in Jersey still. I wouldn't even touch it. It's like it's a disgrace. Okay. Oh, is it? <laughs> but but then coming to San Diego and there's nothing remotely close. Well, I did come across Mona Lisa's in, oh, uh, Mona in Lisa's. Little Italy. Yes. Yeah. And so I mean they could but they import all their stuff. That's the reason why, right? But um if I want an Italian sub, which that's what I – that used to be my favorite food. I, I kind of grew out of it. But that used to be my favorite. No matter what, I had to have at least one Italian sub a week, okay? Now, you know, Jersey Mike's, I'll eat it when I'm really craving it. But it, it doesn't get the job done. But I'm thankful and gracious to at least have that. Right. Is, well, it, yeah. is it close enough, though? Is it pretty close? No, it, it doesn't <laughs> even – it's not even remotely close. Well, they got the name. The name is in it, I guess. They got that part. That's about it. That's what happens when you take something that was done well in Jersey and you decide to go and franchise it in other places. You water it down. <laughs> it's like Olive Garden and Italian food, right? Uh, for, for, for sure. That's exactly what it's like. Olive Garden got started in Italy. It's what they, I, I've seen it. They, they, <laughs> I, I, I would have never guessed that. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Now, what brought you from Jersey to San Diego? Uh, Originally moved out here to be closer with family. Um, So I had mentioned I had kind of a tough uh, childhood growing up. So um, this is probably more of a long-winded answer, but um, I'll try to run through it quickly. So born and raised by a single mom from the time that I was 15 Uh, Well, from when I was born until 15, she was awesome, amazing mom, like literally superwoman. Um, And then I don't know, she like met a really bad man and he she like lost herself. You know, he was abusive. She got addicted to drugs and alcohol. You know, the abuse went beyond just her into me. And I landed in a shelter and then foster care shelter for two months, foster care from 16 to 18 um, and was adopted three days before I turned 18. Um, the family that adopted me, my foster family didn't exactly have the right motives. Um, did completely pretty much lost touch with them while I was in college. I mean, they showed up for my graduation, like, yay, that's our Marquez girl. And it's like, you had nothing to do with this. You didn't even show up for when I made Dean's list, but okay. And then, um, you know, just at some point, Somewhere in there, I completely cut off all communication with them just because I learned the power of boundaries and, you know, preserving and protecting your peace. And um, then I reconnected with my bio mom. Um, What was that? I was like 26, I think, Mm -hmm. um, and decided to move in with her and help her out. She was uh, diagnosed with uh, multiple sclerosis and it was at the fatal stage. So oh, she wow. was bedridden and wheelchair bound, had to be um, fed. And um, the man that broke up our family, she ended up marrying him. And oh, so, wow. you know, ha- had a really difficult conversation with him where it was like, hey, 
he came to me like, I'm sorry for everything I ever did to you. I found God. I'm a changed man. And I am a believer. Um, And if God can forgive, like, how can I not? And so I forgave him for everything. And I had an option. I was in a five-year relationship. And you know, that came to an end and I had the option, do I go out and get another apartment by myself or do I move in with my mom and help take care of her and make up for the years we lost? And I went with that option and lived with her for about a year. And, you know, they say if someone shows you their true colors, you the first believe time. Believe it the first time, right? Believe them. Yeah. And so 26 years old, the same man tried to hit me at 26 and you know, thank God for technology. It whipped out that phone like I'm recording you, and that's the only thing that saved me. Wow. And then, so you, wait, wait. You recorded the, him hitting you? I pretended to. He wasn't smart enough <laughs> to oh. know that the phone wasn't that fast enough to get the camera <laughs> open. I know. But that's what stopped him from, you know, going forward because he was lu- he was about to lunge at me. And, right. Um, so then at, at that moment, at that specific moment in time, I decided – I'm out of here. And so I, I gave my mom an, a, an ultimatum. I told her, I said, listen, I make enough money. I do well for myself. Like I can take care of us. I can pay this mortgage between my salary and your social security disability. Like I got us. You, we don't need him, you know, and their relationship had gone through a lot. I mean, he was incarcerated for domestic violence. She had a restraining order and like any other abusive relationship, none of that stuff sticks, you know? Right. So um, I said, if you kick him to the curb, I got us. And unfortunately, she uh, she chose him. And oh, um, I said... I said, well, I'm going to San Diego. I'm moving to San Diego. I want to, I want to, I need family. I, I know that that's what I'm wanting. That's my greatest desire in life right now. That's the most important thing to me. And I have an extended family here in San Diego. Um, you know, second cousins, great uncle, great aunts, um, big Italian side of the family that my, my mom's side of the family out here. Um, and I said, I'm going to move out there. I'm going to start all over and I'm going to bond myself with my family because I'm, I'm getting to that age where I feel like I need that support system. And so I sold whatever I could, uh, packed up whatever fit in my little, you know, four door coupe. Uh, well, it's a sedan, but four door coupe is what they call it because it's really small. And I drove 3000 miles across the country and started you drove all here by yourself. No, I had my sorority sister with me, oh, but that's we did awesome. it in two and a half days because we're we're not like road trippers. Like we just wanted to get to San Diego. I wanted to show her as much of my new city as possible while she was here, and then she flew back. So oh. you guys, when you guys drove out here, do you guys take turns? Like you drive, I sleep. Yep. Yep. Well, no, no, nobody slept while we drove, so we what? kept two each days other straight. Up. No, no, we so we we only stopped to sleep, but we would get you know our oh. seven eight hours and then right back on the road. Oh, that got it. it. Yeah, 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 that makes yeah. sense. I mean, I thought yeah. I thought maybe you just guys powered through. Like I'm, oh, I'm sleeping. No, no, no. You That's know. dangerous. <laughs> you, you, ever, you ever seen the movie Dumb and Dumber where they did that and yeah. then they got, it went the wrong direction? <laughs> Yeah, that's why you don't do things like that. So my dad and I did that one time when I moved back from Missouri and he was like, we're not getting a hotel. We're just going to pull to the side of the road if anybody gets that tired. And I remember I was so tired driving mm-hmm. and I was starting to fall asleep and I like went to pull over to the side of the road and he was like, nope, I'll hop in and we're going to keep going. I'm like, dad, I'm so tired. But we drove Missouri to Fresno straight wow. through without stopping to sleep other than for like restroom and, and meals, but we did it in mm-hmm. like, I don't know, 
18 hours or something like that. Wow. <laughs> That's impressive. I had a girlfriend in college that that did that. And unfortunately, she fell asleep behind the wheel. And thank God her and her mother still have their lives. But she completely told her, totaled her car. So I learned from a really young age never to try that. Right. Well, you got here to San Diego mm-hmm. and you got settled in. And then you had to look around and figure out what you wanted to do to support yourself. So what was that first job you landed in San Diego? Oh, geez. So I actually, I had my first business administration role in uh, Jersey right before I left. I was new to that field. I had started off in corporate finance and then I found myself laid off and then kind of just came across this opportunity in business administration. On paper, it didn't look right, but you know, financially I was making a lot more money. But when I got that that urge and that desire, the need to like be around family and everything happened with, back home, and I decided to move, you know, I, I quit and my boss was nice enough. He said he, we had a great relationship. He's like, I'm going to, I'm going to let you go. Like, I'm going to, uh, what is it called? Like say that there's not enough work for you to do. So like lay you off, basically. Laid off. Yeah. So that way you have an opportunity to collect unemployment and like figure it out when you get there. So I thought, oh, it's not going to be hard at all. Like I have a degree from Seton Hall. I have years of experience. Like I'm, I'm a professional, you know, I found myself unemployed for almost seven months before I landed my first role. And I I wanted to stay in business administration because I realized I liked that way more than corporate finance. Um, And I ended up having to settle for a position making the same amount of money. And I'll tell you how much it is. 50 grand, right? I had to settle for 50 grand, which is the same amount of money that I was making in the first job that I had when I graduated college back in in Jersey after Seton Hall. So you feel like you went backwards? You went backwards and- I took an $18,000 pay cut. Yeah. After being unemployed for seven months. I mean, that was an ego hit. It does happen. I mean, you waited seven months before you went and took that dive. Yeah. Well, I I was trying to hold out and see if I could replace what I was making back in Jersey. But I came to realize that, you know, we live in uh, what they call the sunshine tax here in San Diego. Everyone wants to live here. Right. It's expensive to live here. But because the demand is here, employers know that they can pay you bottom dollar just because you want to live and work here. Right. It is very expensive to live here. And now, speaking of employment, do you find that the, I mean, as far as housing goes, do you find the housing market to be very par to what uh, Jersey was like, or is it way more expensive here? You know what? Depending on where in Jersey you're at, if you're in South Jersey, close to the shore, um, it's it's a way more affordable. Like the closer you get to Philly, the closer or the the less expensive it is because we call that like country, right? Country bumpkins. Sorry for my (laughs) my South Jersey people, but you know how it is, you know. But anything Central Jersey and up, you know, um, I would say Central is still kind of affordable. Once you get to North Jersey and you're right on the outskirts of New York, the prices are almost spot on. It's exactly the same. I will say you get more space in San Diego, though. You live in a closet when you live in the city and oh, in some wow. places in Jersey. Yeah. Right. Right. I, I seen uh, – what's that show that was popular in New Jersey? Jersey Shore. No, the guy with the cakes. What was his name? Oh, Ace of Cakes. Oh, Cake Boss. Cake, Cake Boss. Boss. Yeah. Cake Boss. Cake That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Awesome. So, so you got your first job, and since mm-hmm. then you've been able to um, – secure some other types of roles, but what is that experience like serving as you mentioned being in business administration and an executive assistant? What is that experience like for you as a single young woman? Yeah. So (laughs) that's a great question, Christine. So, um, 
I I don't know if it's a San Diego thing, and I hope this doesn't come back and bite me in the booty later by saying this, but I don't know. Working in business administration back in Jersey, I didn't experience what I've experienced since I've been in SoCal. And so, you know, as a single young woman working in this field, at least in the corporate setting, I've come across a lot of challenges, um, and it's all been related to the way that I look, believe it or not. So many times we talk about discrimination in the workplace, you know, based on skin color, based on gender, based on, um, you know, religion or, or just race in general, right? Right. Um, and what I experience a lot in the few roles that I've had here in SoCal in a corporate setting is you know, people not taking me seriously in my role because I'm commonly referred to as, oh, she looks like a Kardashian or, you know, people making snide comments like, oh, she only got hired, especially if it's a male boss, you know, because the boss has a hard on for her. Um, And it's just, it's super, um, what is the word that I'm looking for? Take you aback a little bit. Yeah, it takes me aback, but it's like, oh, it's it's super insulting. That's what I was looking for. It's super insulting to hear these things because I come with an Ivy League education. I come with an unmatched skill set. I have been told by, you know, bosses across the board that I have been the best EA that they've ever had and they would never be able to find a replacement as me. So, you know, you're always going to have people making comments and, you know, you're going to have the haters, you're going to have the people that doubt you and so on and so forth. But man, when I tell you, like it's, it got to a point in, um, in my last two roles where I felt like it was affecting my work performance because in my one role, my bosses were hypersensitive to my image, right? Because they, they know how I look. And so I was getting all this extra coaching on certain things I said, because it was like, well, remember how you look, Victoria, you want people to take you seriously all because we're in a planning session for like a holiday, uh, the holiday party. And I say, well, who have you used in the past for DJs and, and bartenders, you know, in this venue, you know, I, I have some connections with some local DJs and bartenders that I might be able to get us a better rate, but because of the way that I look, I'm coach at, you know, moving forward, you might want to say, you know, I have some, some connections, um, in the industry rather than like saying bartenders or DJs specifically. Whereas like I know someone else, like my colleague who was sitting in the meeting with me, if she would have said something like that, would have never gotten that same coaching. Right. You know, and um, even in my last role. So like I, I didn't lose my job because of COVID. Okay. Ooh, shocker. Alert, alert. Right. So (laughs) (laughs) here's the real deal. Here's the tea. Okay. So I actually lost my job just before COVID hit. So February 21st was my last day of work. um, And March is when the world blew up with with COVID. Um, And so I had, I wasn't even looking. I mean, I had considered, I because of all the hypersensitivity in my role prior about the way that I looked, I was considering, you know, maybe starting a search, but I felt like God did the work for me because I was contacted on LinkedIn by a recruiter and she was like, hey, I, I think I have the perfect role for, for you. You seem like a great fit. Would you be interested? And she kind of wrote like a little description of what this role sounded like. And I'm like, as I'm reading, I'm like, wow, this is my dream job. Like, right. I, I couldn't have set this up better myself. And so 
everything fell into place seamlessly. You know, I landed the job. Um, I was invited to my, who would be my new boss's house for an interview. I met her husband, her kids, like very not traditional, but just felt like warm and welcoming. And, you know, I got a 30 grand pay bump. I, wow. I signed wow. on. Yeah. Sign on bonus. Um, I got, you know, extra week of vacation. I mean, you name it, they sweeten the deal in every which way. Wow. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm in the role. I'm loving it. Everything's going great. I'm collecting feedback, you know, in the first couple of weeks and everything's glorious. And, you know, six weeks into the role, so just a little over a month, I'm getting pulled into a room by HR, basically being told, hey, we don't think you're the right cultural fit for this role. Cultural fit? Cultural fits. Okay. So let's talk. um, Let's talk equity language for just a second. We've been talking a lot at my work about these um, hidden statements that veiled statements that people will make that Mm -hmm. really have to do with like race, ethnicity, appearance, and things like that. And one of those things is that word, not the right fit, quote unquote, like they can't, because they can't nail it down to a specific deficiency in qualification. That's like a really generic version of saying, we don't want you here. Or, or, or like breaking up and saying, it's not you, it's me. No, but that's literally what it was like. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm in the room with HR and my new boss that I thought I had this amazing connection with like slash mentor. Right. And I'm like, but you're breaking up with me. Like literally that's what it felt like. And I'm I'm not going to lie. Like I am, I'm a softie. Like I'm super emotional. I'm not perfect. And I cried. I cried in that meeting. Like I lost my composure and ugly cried because I'm like, how, how does this happen? Like I left a secure job where I was making great money, you know, for this opportunity that seemed like it was a dream opportunity that I felt like was sent by God. And there were so many signs and signals that, you know, this is where I need to be. And then boom, just like that, six weeks later, completely unemployed, you know, six figures, less rich. And, you know, how, how do I, where do I even begin? You know, it's way easier to replace your job when you're already in one, but to them, they they always say that, they say that, you know, yeah, because nobody wants somebody who's been unemployed. They think that in that time of unemployment, you've probably gotten lazy or they think you've been fired and who wants somebody who nobody else wants? Like it's it's just all these stigmas around it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just figured, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll bounce back quick. I'll find something. I'm going to leverage the connections that I have. You know, I got a lot of networks and – and then COVID hit, and it was there was it was completely out of everyone's control. Well, you're because, not the only one, though. I mean, a lot of people right now are actually. Right. Uh, well, the problem now is I think that that extra six hundred dollars a lot of people were getting. Um, Some as, people were making more with that than right. what they. <laughs> yeah, they were yeah. making more money, and the employers could not get people to come back to work because they couldn't match what they were doing sitting on their butt at home getting paid by the Uncle Sam. Now, right. when, when that ran out, uh, I think it was end of July. Yes. Uh, um, what are people doing? Do you know what people are doing? Are they freaking out and like just r- running to anything possible? Or are they just well, trying to there help has, Yeah, there has been a second stimulus that's been approved, but it's for 400. So it's 200 less than what the other stimulus was or not stimulus. Boy, I guess it's, it's unemployment stimulus, but um, it's been approved. I don't think it's gone into effect yet, but um, yeah, I mean, we're treading through untapped territory right now. You know, nobody's seen anything like this in their lifetime um, and nobody really knows what to do. And, 
I think even though people are anxious and eager to get back to work, if they're able to, they're also weary, right? Because it's like, well, what is the world going to shut down again? Like, are we going to have a second wave of this? Like, I'd rather have something. I'd rather have an employment opportunity that I can work from home and not even have to worry about this. Well, we and all so, would. We all yeah. would like to do that because a lot of people are home already, you know, doing nothing, watching Netflix, Tiger King, you know, 24 <laughs> seven. And all that fun I could stuff. never get into that show. Oh, Christine did. She tried to get me into it. And I was like, what is this? No okay. Way, oh, Christine. it's like nature. It's like nature channel. It's like discovery channel meets nature channel. And then like, they got a guy killing somebody else or something or, you know, multiple I would love never triangle. had you pinned Christine. He I would just got to put me on blast like that. Chris. <laughs> Betraying all my secrets. I know. And then, and then Christine has a poster of tiger King himself in, no. her, in her room. <laughs> I don't know what's up with that. Joe exotic. Oh, be like, he's going to be the God. best man at our wedding. <laughs> no, but so like you made a pivot. So we know that you have yeah. this amazing new business, but you know, it seems like you've gone through quite a journey in yeah. your entire life that's made you need to be very self-sufficient and mm-hmm. figure things out. And I think that Absolutely. from the little tidbits I've been hearing about your business, that couldn't be more true with what you're doing now. So can you tell us about this exciting new venture? Yeah. Oh, super excited to tell you about it, actually. So, you know, it's been about six months, going on seven months now since I lost my job. Um, when I hit about the five and a half month marker, almost six months, um, and maybe it was like five months actually, um, I kind of just reflected. Like I looked at myself and I was like, okay, I'm tired of feeling sorry for myself now. It's time to find the true Victoria again and take matters into my own hands and take control because I got ridiculously exhausted with applying and applying and applying and mm-hmm. getting rejection after rejection or just no response at all or or even recruiters saying, hey, like you're our top candidate. You know, you're one of the best people we have in the market for EAs right now, but people just aren't hiring. And as soon as they are, oh, you're going to be the first person we're going to call. And I'm like, I, I got tired of waiting. Like I'm, I don't, I have a mortgage to pay, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> and I have a puppy who's extremely spoiled that Aww. needs to maintain this lifestyle. What, what's their name? <laughs> Puppy's name. His name is Teddy. Teddy, I love it. Theodore uh, Roosevelt, Teddy for short. It means God given from a rose field. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> I, I saw this. Um, I was watching this show, Selling Sunset, because that's one of my other Netflix indulgences. You totally I keep hearing about this show, and everyone keeps telling me to watch it because I, I remind them of a character on it. <laughs> I bet it's Christine. Yes, that's the one. <laughs> that's, yeah, I was just going to say, you guys are like the same person. Well, no, not, which, which not that she again? I heard okay. she's kind of bitchy, um, but I also heard that they, the show – um, kind of gives her a bad rap and she's yeah. misunderstood. Is she, and the, is she the new girl? The new girl on the show? No, no, no. She's not the new one, but she's definitely misunderstood. She's one of my favorite. Um, well, I don't know. I don't watch it. But um, her dog is named Teddy Krueger. And so, <laughs> was, oh, that's yeah, so funny. it was really hilarious. But sorry. But, so back to you. You have a mortgage to pay. You have a new yeah, dog. So yeah. I said to myself, you know what? Um, I said, why, I have I have a skill set that could be used. Like, and there is a need in the market right now for the skill set that I have. And so I said, what if I took the same thing I did being an executive assistant, but I instead like transfer that from the corporate world of supporting, you know, C-suite level executives, you know, CEOs, CFOs, presidents to now busy entrepreneurs, small business owners, you know, tech startups, athletes, celebrities, high net worth individuals, you know, there is a need 
for someone of assistance for them. I mean, these people have been limited to a market of, you know, virtual assistants overseas. So the the trouble you could run into with that is, you know, different time zones, language barriers, you know, the inability to be the boots on the ground when needed. And so I said, I can offer premium level support services to these people. And I can also builds upon my strength. So um, I came across a book in my corporate career uh, that they were very much encouraging called, called uh, Strength Finder, I believe. Yeah, it's yeah, by Gallup. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, you know, it's it's take the things that you're really good at and build on those, right? And so, or take the things that work to your advantage rather. And so right. I kind of looked at this as like, okay, well, everyone's judging me in corporate for the way that I look, but I have a look that will actually work for me really well in those aspects, you know, if I'm working with celebrities or if I'm working with high net worth individuals or, you know, athletes or, or even just, you know, entrepreneurs or small business owners, like they want somebody who looks polished and put together and, you know, is always looking their best. And so I said, this is, this is like a great kind of niche clientele for me. And so um, I got that idea. Um, I That was the birth of Executives Extension, you know, providing premium support services to these folks. Um, we are the entrepreneur's greatest asset. Time is the most valuable asset until you can find somebody who can buy you more of it, which that's where we come in. Everyone needs an extension of themselves. There's only 24 hours in a day. But if you can find somebody who can do the same things you can do or the things you don't want to do so your business can grow and generate more revenue – why wouldn't you have that value add? Yeah, that totally makes sense. So, you know, Chris and I have talked before about how nice it would be to like have an assistant for different types of things, jokingly. Yeah. But, you know, I've had one most of my career. Wait, wait, wait. You, we all have an assistant. We have an iPhone. Oh. Hey, hey, Siri, what's up? <laughs> no. no, no, no. Who needs an Alexa when you can have a virtual Victoria? Right? Oh, is that That's the next app? Do you have an app? Oh, there's an app coming. coming. Hopefully we'll have some time to get into virtual Victoria because that's the next spinoff. Yeah. Well, you know, when it comes to an assistant, one of the things that I found as a busy professional is it makes it or breaks it when you have an empowered and forward thinking type of assistant. And I had one about a year ago. She got promoted within my organization and my life was so much more simplified. Like, having somebody to help manage my schedules and my appointments. And, you know, if I had to be out in the office would like text me and let me know like things that were coming up or, you know, do you want me to schedule this for you? Let me handle your travel. And then not having that or having a different type of an assistant, it just makes you like, I just want a really good assistant, you know? And so I could get that how, especially in this virtual world, when we don't get to interact with people, how it's really hard to manage all of the moving pieces. Like you think of calendaring and Zoom calls and appointments mm-hmm. that you have to get to. Um, and, you know, for a very busy, high-profile celebrity that might have, like, changed their life being do, in with COVID. Do the celebrities, do they normally have more than one uh, assistant? Or how does that work? Um, I think it really depends on the celebrity. And it depends on, you know, their schedule and what's going on. So I mean, a lot of times people have like managers, right? Celebrities will have like managers, and then that manager will work with an assistant to do specific things. So um, there is no real like outline. You know what I mean? It's it's really just person dependent. But if you are a really good assistant and you prove to them that you can be that way, then they'll start to trust you with more things. And then it will all start to be kind of, you know, solidified into one person. Yeah. No. So this is super interesting to me because I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking about, 
you know, you're one individual and you have a limited amount of time. And so I'm thinking about executives extension and the fact that Mm -hmm. it's a business. It makes me think that maybe there's more than just you involved in this or will be. So like, what is your growth model? Christine, you are a genius. (laughs) I tell that all the time. (laughs) You picked a good one, Chris. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, it didn't take me long to come to that realization too, because I said, all right, you know, really how, how executives extension, uh, was birthed and I'll backtrack a little bit. As I said, you know, one executive or one entrepreneur can't really replace my six figure salary that I was making. But if I were to split that up into, you know, three different people, cause you know, in corporate, I'm, I was supporting anywhere from two to three executives at a time anyway, you know, a, an entrepreneur, a small business owner, they could afford like my salary split into three. And that was like their original business model that I came up with was, you know, how can I replace the six figure salary I was making in a way that makes it affordable for people outside of corporate. But then shortly I started to realize like, wow, this is a coveted service. Like people need this and there's more than just three people that need these services. And so I, that's when uh, virtual Victoria's was, was birthed. And so basically that, what that is, is, you know, tagline who needs an Alexa when you can have a virtual Victoria. Um, (laughs) But when I did my soft launch um, for Executives Extension and kind of established like a social media presence, I had an outpour of support um, and just an interest from – I had that – in one single day, I had 19 people, individuals reach out to me and say, I would love to work with Executives Extension. And that was just off of my social media soft launch. My website wasn't even live yet. And I said, wow, you know, there are so many people in that are affected by COVID right now that are out of work. And I mean, I'm not going to name drop, but, you know, one, one specific individual, this person stands out to me the most and I'm super excited to, to work with her in the future, but she is a former rocket. Okay. In New York city, she like danced with the rockets and everything, but because of COVID, you know, they canceled the show this year. Um, she was getting ready to retire from her dancing career anyway. And so she reached out to me and said, I saw that you're going to be offering training. Like I'm, I'm ready to start a new career. I'm ready to learn a new skill. Like how can I get involved? How can I get on board? And so that's when I started thinking like I can create an online course that will teach people how to become a virtual assistant. And, you know, the the software that I'm looking into right now has these amazing features where there's graded quizzes and, you know, a certificate upon completion. And, you know, it's it's go at your own pace. And so I'm diligently working out, working on building the framework for that right now. But I will be offering a free webinar um, that you can sign up for and kind of get like, you know, little, little skinny up front, you know, I'll give you a little free information and, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, at the end you'll be prompted to sign up to, uh, to learn the skill set to become a virtual assistant. And, you know, it's, it's basically going to be a course that's going to allow you to learn everything that I've learned in my corporate career supporting, you know, uh, major decision makers, um, leaders of multi-billion dollar companies. I'm going to solidify that, make it super simple, break it down for you to understand in my course. And then you have the ability to then work from home and make six six figures from the comfort of your own home or take spontaneous trips and, you know, still be able to generate revenue while you're traveling. I I like that. Hey, what can I start? I want to do that. (laughs) You know, honestly, I, I see so much, uh, so much room for growth in this and, and it has the possibility and potential to just go viral and get so big because 
pretty much anyone can do it. You know, it, it, you have to just really be dedicated. You have to be service oriented. You have to have that kind of a mindset of just wanting to help others be successful, partnering with people, having a collaborative um, mindset and, and also just, you know, being, being organizational, right? Like being right. able to put things into a, an organizational way. So that way it's, um, easily transferable to your executive and aids and supports them. So, you know, if you have these qualities and, you know, you have the desire to work from home and you're a hustler and a go-getter, I mean, this course is going to give you all the fundamentals of, you know, how to get it done. And then from there, you know, I, I can help with securing your first client contract under executives extension because Virtual Victoria's is the exclusive resource partner of executives extension. That sounds amazing. And you know what I love so much about this as I've been listening, uh, and I know you're located in California also, is it sounds like with this certification program that it's allowing you to uh, train and empower independent contractors in a way that's still compliant with AB5, which I know has... What is that? That's this new legislation that came out that's Mm -hmm. really been impacting Lyft and Uber. Mm -hmm. And lots of independent contractors are no longer, quote unquote, independent contractors. Their company's having to make them employees. And a lot of freelancers don't want to be an employee. Right. Absolutely. And so it sounds like the model that you've come up with is really a unique take on the compliant ways to offer independent contracting services by also guaranteeing a certain level of quality. Yes, you hit the nail on the head, Christine, and with, with that, absolutely. And the other benefit it is is on the uh, the um, the executive side, right? So the person who is hiring us to be the contractor for them as their assistant, because you know if they were to hire a regular assistant in a corporate atmosphere, or even just for their company, you're looking at hiring an employee too, right? So right. you have benefits, all of that overhead yeah. costs, benefits, you know, the the payroll taxes that they that they pay on having an employee, all that. So they can bypass all of those, you know, big hits for having an, a, a, an employee on payroll by just having an assistant that's on retainer and that they're, they're billing that, you know, we, we, I bill my, uh, my executives as a consultant, you know, oh, yeah. and then the people that would be learning under virtual Victoria's would be doing the same. They would be billing as a consultant. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Well, you have come up with a great way to make lemonade out of lemons with all of COVID happening and everything that happened in your career. And it looks like it wasn't a setup for failure, but a setup for success. And so we want to congratulate you on your new business. And so we have listeners from around the world um, with a lot of different backgrounds. So for our listeners, where can they find out more about you as an individual and your business? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I am on all major social media platforms. So um, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. I don't do the Twitter. Um, Why not? I've I've never really been a fan of the Twitter. (laughs) Um, That might change. I'm considering getting on the Twitter. I'll help you out. I'll I'll, I'll hold your hand through the whole process. It's really easy. (laughs) Okay. Would you promise to tweet me every day? (laughs) Yes, I will. Yes, I will. Christine will vouch for that. Yeah. 
he does, okay. he does. That's it. That's his his a social media addiction is Twitter. But Got so it. so you're on Facebook and Instagram. On Instagram and LinkedIn, and mm-hmm. LinkedIn. are you at Executives Ex- Extension or how yes. do people find you? Yeah. So on all of those platforms, Executives Extension across the board, and this is Executives with a plural, so with an S at the end. Executives Extension, just like that on all three. Um, would love for you to connect with all of you, you know, just follow, like, comment, um, you know, reshare, repost, all that. Um, another thing, you know, and I know we're, we're coming close to probably having to wrap up here, but, you know, I mentioned that for executives uh, extension and then virtual Victoria's is, you know, virtual Victoria's with an S at the end. Um, you'll, they're all linked together. You'll see it um, on, you know, my personal page. If you follow my personal, which is the dot G-L-A-M-B, the glam. And um, I just quickly wanted to mention this, Christine, I hope, and Chris and Christine, sure. I hope this is okay. But um, I also decided to start a nonprofit um, that's linked up to all this as well. So you guys heard a little bit about my story and kind of what I've been through in the past. And I'm all about giving back. And, um, you know, God's the center of my world. I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. And I, I owe it all to him. And so, um, I'm, I created a nonprofit called the glam design and that's again, G-L-A-M-B and it stands for grow, growing, learning, achieving, motivating, and believing. And this is an organization that is, um, you know, dedicated to empowering women, underprivileged women to success. That's and, amazing. Uh, that sounds fantastic. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. So it sounds like what you've done is not only just take uh, lemons and turn them into lemonade, but you're really <laughs> figuring out how to scale resiliency. And so on that note, mm-hmm. Victoria Rose, we want to thank you so much for profiling your business you. on the Chris and Christine show. And we can't wait to see you on the Forbes top 100 list of companies. Ah, let's put it into existence, please, Lord. <laughs> and we'll, we'll, we'll frame that and we'll put it here in the studio in a little frame, your magazine cover. Yep. How you like I that? love it. I well, love it. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, Victoria. So happy to be here with you guys. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Brucker. I'm Levi. And together, we co-host a movie podcast called Film on the Rocks. On our movie podcast, we like to have fun with movies, and we don't like to break down movies beat by beat, scene by scene. We like to talk about what was fun about them. So we talk about our favorite scenes, uh, sprinkle in some trivia, uh, we debate whether or not they deserve a sequel, and we also talk about um, some drinking rules that they can have, such as drink every time Vince Vaughn stuffs his face in Wedding Crashers. Or something we call the Yoda Clause, which is every time Frank Oz jumps on a screen, finish your drink. You can find us on Google Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or really anywhere you can find podcasts, if this sounds interesting to you. Yes, and we also love listener interaction, and we also like to take movie requests, so you could reach out to us on Twitter at Film on the Rocks. Instagram, Film on the Rocks podcast, or email us at fotrpodcast at gmail.com. Hope to hear from y'all. Give us a listen. I just love when we hear people that have the entrepreneurial spirit, don't you? I absolutely do. And I kind of have it myself too, although I haven't pulled the trigger on any of my businesses yet, but uh, we're working on it, you know, someday, someday. Well, it does. You're you're right. It takes a lot of courage to be able to step out and to make that first leap. And, you know, entrepreneurs, they risk failure every day but the thing is when they face it they they look at failure as failing forward like learning from it and continuing to move forward you know i was just thinking about something the other day how like um there are a lot of people out of work right now and there's a lot of businesses that are failing a lot of restaurants i just heard the other day that dave and busters the big dave and busters 
business is going out of business. No, that's why they were closed yesterday. Zeke and I tried to go for dinner. They are filed. They filed bankruptcy. No. And or they're going to or they did. I don't <gasps> know. I don't know the details, but uh, that's what I heard. And places like that are closing down. Like you know, so. You know, what's funny is that, like, I heard a news story about a restaurant, and it gets me because the owner, it was a family-owned business, dad and son. The news was talking to them about possibly closing down again mm-hmm. because they've been closed before during the beginning of COVID, opened back up, and they closed them back down. Now they're saying, we got to close you guys down again, and they are going to defy the order of closing down. They're not going to do it. Wow. And a lot of businesses are joining them in this uh, fight to not close down because they literally cannot survive. They are already down to 10% or 25%. They let go of like 40 employees. And so they are really, really struggling right now. And if they close down again, they're done. Yeah. You know, this has been such a difficult season for millions and millions of people and not just in the U.S., but around the world. And I think of people like Victoria and how even when they felt like they were getting kicked while they were down with COVID coming around and everything, figure out a different way to to find success and independence. And I think that part of it is like where we're at with technology in this country, where we're able to do so much more than like, imagine if all of this COVID stuff had happened 15 years ago, 20 years ago, when technology wasn't as advanced, like how it'd be, would people it'd be like remote a, work? A, di- a dial-up modem. I know. Can you even imagine? And, you know, I don't think that I don't wish this on any of us ever again, but I do know that there is going to be something good that will emerge from all of this and we will recover as a country. It might take us a while to rebound, but you know, we will recover and we will be stronger. And I say that for us in our home and the chaos we're going through. And I know like for Victoria and her business that it's a fantastic business model. It's brilliant, really. Right. You know, I was thinking about this too, is that like, if you can figure out a way to generate an income, have a job all by yourself, whether it's a business that you make on your own or not, and not have to leave the house that is brilliant as far as I'm concerned. And I think a lot of people are starting to look in that direction because the typical jobs, the typical going into like like my sister, for example, she works as a cigarette waitress at a casino. Well, the casino reopened, but they got limited staff and they got rid of smoking in the casino, right. which pretty much eliminated her job just like that. And now she's, she's sitting on unemployment. She's just riding the unemployment train. And oh, I wouldn't say that. I would say that she is working on home educating her kids. She's not writing well, the unemployment training, well, Chris. Well, of course. What I'm, what I'm saying is that I think she did apply at a few other places, um, restaurants, things of that nature. But the restaurant business is not really popping right now. I know. Well, I was actually down in downtown San Diego last night. And I was taking Zeke for dinner because the hotel where we're staying at is in downtown San Diego. It's like 20 minutes from our house. But it was crazy busy. Like you would think that COVID was not even a thing. There was very few people with masks, but there were thousands of people. Every restaurant had lines outside of it, people standing. And then I was like, what's going on? Well, it's because inside of the restaurants, they can only be at 25% capacity. Yes. uh, yes. But they've shut down all the streets and they have these cute like cafe tables with little canopies and lights over it. All of um, India Street and Kutner down in Little Italy is like closed down. People are walking everywhere. Every place was packed. Wow. Yeah. But it be- was like like I thought a street fair was going on or well, something. They had their masks on, right? No. In line, you have to your mask on. Mm, 
People were waiting outside, maskless. Oh, my goodness. It wasn't until they walked into the restaurants or like into the line for the restaurants that they actually put their masks on. But they're linking around on the streets. There's skateboarders all over the place, little bird scooters going everywhere. And, you know, things are starting, like you're saying, people are starting to defy the rules and they're just like they're tired of it. I think they are. And and like I said, small businesses are really going to start suffering. And I think that you people really need to start thinking outside the box like Victoria did. Mm-hmm. And they need to figure out a way to generate an income that's legal and that's something that they that can work. And there are a lot of businesses that are thriving in this environment. It's very true. When we think of how big innovations come around, they're typically spurred by some type of major event. And so typically after like the Great Depression, there was this massive recovery within the United States of new ideas and there was new types of art and music and careers. I'm wondering if we're going to start seeing the same thing now. Well, we did see a little big surge in podcasting come up in the last uh, four months, like what, a billion uh, new podcasts. <laughs> right. Up. So, but I think those are just people that are bored at home and they want to try something fun. Now, um, I hope a lot of those guys stay around and stick to it. You know, it'd be great if they do. So. Right. But, you know, I just want to look back on this in a year and think of where we're going to be. And I'm really excited to see in the next couple of months, what types of innovative businesses and products and maybe even like technology solutions or approaches to educating kids that come about as a result of this. Because that's one of the other things is kids haven't been in school for like seven months. They're just starting to go back. And some of the kids are saying they actually felt like they learned better when they were at home in their own home environment. And parents are saying, well, this actually works better for us because we can travel and vacation and our kid can log in from school anywhere in the world. You know, I, ne- I never thought about that. I, I'm always thinking about the person that's staying at home, that's trying like you, trying to work at home, trying to run a business, uh, remote stuff from home. And they got the kids in the background swinging from the sand chandelier and you're trying to you know wrangle them. And then you got to um, do your own work and you got your own meetings, your own Zoom stuff. Right. I've heard of – didn't you hear a story about a lady got fired? Or something because her kids were in the background from she was working from home and she was told she had to work from home and they had she had a meeting and then a kid was in the background doing something and the, the boss or whatever they saw that and they got her she got in trouble. Oh wow. Yeah, I think she might got fired from it too. But that's crazy. You know, but uh yeah, I mean that's that's wrong, but you know. But they're like think about it for us, had we kept our wedding in Hawaii and the kids were still like distance learning on the computer, we wouldn't have even had to put them on quote unquote independent study. We could have just packed up the laptops, opened them up for a couple of hours, let them do their online schooling, and then, you know, gone out to vacation. So, um, yeah, I'm just very interested to see how this is all going to pan out over the next several months. And I'm excited to see businesses like Victoria's and where they're at a year from now and how innovative they've become with this new type of environment where people are teleworking more. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that sounds great. I think I good luck to everybody out there that's listening. And for, by the way, thank you for listening to this podcast. We both really, really appreciate it. And good luck to you. If you are happen to be unemployed right now or happen to be out of work or happen to be, um, you know, the result of, you know, the pandemic has really got you down. Um, keep your chin up, you know. Um, right. It, there, we're not trying to say like it's not hard right now or create a silver lining. But what we are saying is that something good is going to come your way. We know it. We believe in it. We're believing it for you. We want to encourage you. Get out there. 
email us at chrisandchristinepodcast at gmail.com. You know, we're here to support you. We love our listeners and anything that we can do to encourage you or brainstorm with you to help you come up with the next executives extension type of business like Victoria, we're here for you. Right, Chris? That's right. That's right. And if you do, please credit us on helping you figure <laughs> that out because uh, we'll take the, we'll take the credit for that. Thank you very much. Yep. And so thanks for sticking with us and we will see you all back here next week. Remember this week that life is too short to wake up in the morning with regret. So love the people who treat you right. Forget about the ones who don't and believe that everything happens for a reason. If you get a chance, take it. If it changes your life, let it. Nobody said that it would be easy. They just promised it would be worth it. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Chris. And I'm Christine. And until next week, keep moving forward. 